This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now from Studio B, your hosts, Spencer Linton and Blaine Fowler. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Wednesday, July 7th. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, once again teamed up with a guy who shares more in common with quarterback Aaron Rodgers than you might think. His name is Blaine Fowler. See, I'm glad, I'm glad you bring the Aaron Rodgers reference. After the match uh, with, with Aaron Rodgers and DeChambeau, you know, Aaron Rodgers and I are both quarterbacks, so we have that in common. Yes. Both phenomenal golfers, so we, <laughs> so we have that in common. Both excellent game show hosts. Okay. Although I, I know he has a game show in Jeopardy. I'm a wannabe game show host. <laughs> I think I would be good. I could get advice from my niece. We're developing it yeah. in uh, BYU TV. We, if we could have a game show, guy, I want to be the host. I, you, and I, you and I were talking. You know my niece. My niece is Tiffany Coyne. She's the co-host of Let's Make a Deal with Wayne Brady. And she can give me pointers, like if I need them, because she's clearly better than Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> she's been doing it a lot longer. So Tiffany would give me pointers. And I, I think I could be better than Aaron Rodgers at that. <laughs> I'm not, not going to be better at quarterback. The one I, think, thing? I think the one thing I can be better than Aaron Rodgers at is I think I can be a better game show host okay. than him. So, so I appreciate you bringing that up because that's that's one of my bucket list things. Is at some point I I want to host a game show. I'm here to elevate your status, Blaine. Nothing more, nothing less. Well, if I, if I was going to play in the match, though, I have to say my boy would be Phil Mickelson. Sure, like I got to play with Phil. His sense of humor is oh. highly underrated. And I feel like it's gone under the radar. It's, it's just gone under the radar for a long time, but now we're starting to see more and more of this. I just, I just want to hang out with him. Yes, he's like so I, fun. I, not just do I, I want to play golf though, because I think that would be fun. But I think that Phil would just be the guy you want to hang out with. He's so fun, and he's epic smack talker. Epic, epic smack talker, <laughs> which I think is important. Too. That's a theme that's going to be on the show. Yes, today. We will talk about uh, that surrounding later. ourselves with epic smack talkers. That's what we do. That's you brought up your do. niece Tiffany Coin. Uh, fun fact: I lockered next to her in high school, Blaine. So there's the connection right yes, there. It was Tiffany Adams back then. Yes, it was. <laughs> but, but yes, Spencer and I. It's all, it's all <laughs> full circle with Spencer and I. When it's all said and done, we have way too many. Feel the know, glow. Yes, that's what it is. That's why. That's why we're like. Uh, um, peas and carrots. Is that what it is? That's why we're like. I can't remember the reference. Is it peas and carrots? So, yes. I was always going to say peas and corn, but those don't go together. No, no, it's no, no. Peas, peas and carrots. carrots. Yeah, peas and carrots. That's because of all of our history. Yeah, peanut butter and jelly. Whatever. Yes. Whatever, whatever it is. Combination. That's, that's how we roll. <laughs> he is Blaine Fowler, ladies and gentlemen. Here's your show lineup. We think Aaron Rodgers would feel like this is a pretty good show. BYU football, according to multiple national pundits has a glaring lack of production returning on offense. Is this cause for concern or not? We'll discuss. Also, is Fred Warner the best linebacker in the National Football League? He's in the conversation. And how name, image, and likeness is already impacting recruiting at BYU. Assistant basketball coach Chris Burgess will join us. He's another guy that probably could have benefited from NIL coming out of uh, high school into college, right? Absolutely would have benefited. Bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Well, Elijah Bryant and the Bucks. Let's talk about them. We got BYU Cougar playing in the finals in the while. NBA. So the Milwaukee Bucks, of course, lost to the Suns, one hundred five to one eighteen in Game One of the series. They play tomorrow night at seven p.m. Mountain Time. 
Bryant didn't get any minutes in, in that last game. Hopefully Elijah will get out on the floor, but um, we're rooting for Elijah. Do good things. I thought he was maybe pacing to see some fourth time when the sun started to break it up, but the Bucks made a late push and had all their starters back in. Yeah, good luck in game number two. All right, speaking of basketball and former BYU greats, Eric Mika, who was teammates with Elijah Bryant, is now reportedly headed to France for his professional career. He is signed to play for JL Borg of LNB Pro A. He's, of course, played in the United States, Germany, Italy, China, Serbia, and now France. He's a world traveler, Blaine. Yes, he is, and he's and he's been played very well wherever he's sure. been. So, Eric, very, very skilled big guy. We're wishing him the best of luck. Okay, let's go back to Fred Warner. Fred Warner was listed as the number two linebacker. Okay. Number two in the NFL by ESPN in their annual survey. Um, this is where they surveyed league executives, scouts, players, and coaches and take a poll every year and update it. And it's for you know what their expectations are for this season. They had him number two. Um, Fred uh, has recorded four sacks, three interceptions, one touchdown, 253 solo sacks Good. in his young career in the NFL. Um, and they'll be releasing their uh, list play our position by position over this next week. 253 solo tackles already. He's number one. Yeah, come on. Come on. I was going to say, should he be number and, and one? He's the best linebacker in the national game. All pro Fred. There you go. How about some BYU women's golf love? Kirsten Fotu qualified yesterday for the USGA Women's Amateur, shooting a 66. Yikes. Alicia Mamateo also qualified. She shot two over par 74, the USGA Women's Amateur, and the final of that. August 2nd through the 8th at Westchester Country Club in Rye, New York. You're a New That's York not guy. Far, not far from home. That's okay. good stuff. I was going to say, where, where is Rye in relation to where you grew up? Yeah, it's it's a couple hours away. But Very it's, cool. it's close enough. It's close enough. It's in Westchester, down closer to the city than where I grew up. Okay. Yeah, we're, we're looking forward to that good stuff. Cougars and the Miners, we always keep track. Only I like the funny names. No funny name. No funny mascot names today. No Akron rubber ducks. No, because it's it's the bees. We got to be more creative. Salt Lake City. Let's go. But Brendan Lunt went two for four last night with a batting average of two twenty six, beating out the OK City Dodgers for one. Um, next game's tomorrow versus the Sacramento River Cats. I like that That's one. That's better. River Cats, a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, at 635 Mountain Time, Michael Rooker pitched 2.1 innings, allowed one earned run in 11-1, lost the Saint the St. Paul Saints in a game. Um, that was the first game of that series with the Saints. They play again tomorrow at 638 Central Time. So okay. oh, always watching those. Mi- what, what's your favorite? I- Minor league mascot? Yeah. Isn't there the mud cat? I think there's mud cats. There's yes. There, no, the rub- we got the rubber ducks. The Akron rubber ducks. The rubber Daniel Schneeman is playing former back cat. That's, that's right up there for me. Rubber that's, ducks is right up there. That's hard to beat. The yeah. Bowie Bay Sox. Yeah, there's some good I, ones. I kind of like that there's one, too. There's some good ones. So Brennan Lund and Michael Rucker, both AAA. Rucker, uh, of course, in the Cubs organization. Lund and the Angels yeah. organization. They're just one step away. But it's the toughest step to make, Blaine. Yeah, and, and sometimes you go up and down uh, um, from that, that step before you find a permanent spot in the bigs, but uh, we're rooting for both of them. It's been a minute since BYU had uh, a baseball player in the bigs, so we're hoping that one of those guys gets the call up. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending presented by Tim Daly Nissan, part of the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. We are discussing a cause for concern, Blaine. BYU football, as we have documented on this show, because we are BYU Sports Nation, will have experienced and significant players coming back, 
But no Zach Wilson, no Dax Milne. They lost five draft picks. And yes, a lot of production. Only half of last year's starters are technically returning, which brings us to our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Our guy Bill Connolly of ESPN points out that BYU ranks dead last in returning production of any college football team at the FBS level. 130th out of 130 teams dead last in returning production. Okay, this is well below the average, Blaine, of 77% of most FBS teams. So my question for you is, is there major cause for concern? Is is there reasoning for why all the national pundits are saying, oh, BYU might only win six or seven games? What do you think? All it does is make me understand why they're saying BYU might only win six or seven games because they're looking at this thing in a vacuum and saying, look at who they lost. Like on offense alone, they lost three really good offensive linemen, including Brady Christensen, who's been dominant at that left tackle for his entire career here. So that's important. And then they're going, and how do you replace uh, the number two pick in the draft, Zach Wilson, with all of his production? Dax Milne was the top wide receiver. Like, man, they're in trouble. And you go over to the defensive side and you say, well, Chris Wilcox, he had to be their best corner and they're, and they're losing him. They're losing both safeties. Like, what is going on? And three of their four on the defensive front are gone. When you look at it like that, if, if I just say that to myself, it scares me a little bit. But but then I go, well, wait a minute. Let's remember who played in those 12 games last year, and let's talk about who's coming back. Because there there is a lot of – you mentioned there's experience. When you start to do production numbers, when you lose Zach Wilson and Dax Milne, that's a huge amount of production, right? Heavily, heavily weighted, and it's going to make things look bad. Last in the country? My goodness, that's scary. It's right? crazy. But I wish I was coming back to play quarterback on this football team this year because I look at whoever that quarterback is, right, whether that's Hall or it's Romney or it's the young gunslinger, right, if it's, if it's Jake. It does, it, it, I don't know that it really matters that much because all are capable and there are so many weapons. They are stacked at running back. Algier, Katoa, Finau, Machesney have all started football games. Not to mention Miles Davis. Right, played. and Miles Davis has played a bunch, he right? showed some electric stuff. It, it, you, I was looking at numbers. So, so Gavin and I, and you got to come over one night and do this. Sometimes Gavin and I, um, and we've mentioned my son Gavin coaches, we, we'll sit in the hot tub and we'll, we'll just talk position groups in depth at <laughs> position groups, which is, is a really fun thing to do. But, but you look at some of the key guys that are coming back. Gunnar Romney had pr- production that was impressive, even though he was hurt and nursing injuries all season long. Isaac Rex burst onto the scene um, and really didn't get into the swing of things until the second half of the season and then was dominant. 12 touchdown receptions for a freshman tight end and a freshman All-American. Um, George Udo, we found out a couple weeks ago, has been cleared to play now. Huge. Uh, a ridiculous, freakish athlete with size and speed that can play the safety position, can play that nickel, um, and come up and play the run and get back and play in coverage. One of the fastest guys on the team and also perhaps one of the strongest guys on the team. Pound for pound is probably the strongest guy on the team. Um, And and they've got a bunch of O-linemen coming back. Let's just think through this. Blake Freeland. Um, Clark Barrington, J- James Empty, uh, yeah. who kind of leads that group and He's has for the last couple years. Guy. Connor Pay, uh, Keanu Saliapaga, F- people forgot about him. He started multiple games but was hurt most of last season. He's a returning starter, but nobody's counting him 
as a returning starter. Joe Tukawafu started games. Every one of those guys I just mentioned to you started games. So they may not be nine deep on the O-line like they were last year, but they're very, very skilled, and they're, and they're seven deep, and then they have some young up-and-comers that, you know, who's the next Brady Christensen that as a freshman is going to be really good? They've got some guys. They love Kime, you know, who is, is a developing guy. So stacked and deep at running back. Um, really, really good on the offensive line. And then we haven't even talked about wide receivers because I don't think any of these publications are giving credit to the fact that do you not count the Nakua brothers as returning starters? Well, yeah, technically it's not production for BYU last year, but you have to take into consideration that they produced at the programs they're coming from, Washington and Utah, and that matters. So they are starters, but not technically returning starters for BYU. Yeah, they, they don't count. Think about this receiving course, man. So you, um, Romney's back and healthy, right? That's a big deal. He's Huge, an explosive yeah. player that can get down the field. Then take both Nakua brothers, are, and, and Samson's a big, tall guy that can go high point the ball and take things away. Puka's a ridiculous athlete that can make a catch anywhere, right? Neil Powell's back, who was, I really loved the second half of the season for Neil Powell. I thought he was really productive in that second half. And add a tight end group that's just stacked. Mason Wake, you got to consider him a starter, right? Yeah. Isaac Rex is a starter. Dallin Holker's back from his mission he and healthy and ready games. to go. He's a starter. When you start to talk about starters, I, I added this up. Hey, Romney's a starter at quarterback. Hall's a starter at quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> right? Some teams played four games last year, Spencer, and they're counting their guys as returning starters. We got guys on this roster that started four games and not considered returning starters because they didn't start the bulk of the 12 games, right? And so I think BYU's offense is in a lot better shape than people think they are in. I think, I think they're going to be really, really good, and I think whoever that quarterback is has to be smart enough to know distribute the ball to all of these playmakers yes. and let them do the work. You don't have to carry the team. You have to manage the team, and they can be really, really good. And, I, and I'm confident the defense is going to be good again. Okay, so here's the other thing that I think factors into this that mitigates some of the concern for lack of returning production, and that is continuity within the coaching staff, Blaine. This is year five for Kalani Satake, or is it year six? This is going to be year six for Kalani Satake. Yeah. Okay? Yeah, that's right. So we're into six years, and he's got basically everybody back, especially on that offense, and that matters. Aaron Roderick, Fessy Satake, both those guys were awesome last year. They're back. They feel good about the quarterbacks. That's a big deal, especially when you look at who BYU is playing against. They open up the season against Arizona, brand-new head coach, right. brand-new staff. Okay, USF, new coach, new staff. Boise State, new coach, new staff. Uh, Baylor, second-year coach, still relatively new staff. Those are the demons that those teams have to work out. BYU has an advantage in that they have continuity, which will help this so-called lack of production not feel like uh, guys that are inexperienced. Yeah. So I think, I, th- I think experience can counteract some of that lack of production that you're talking about. When we just look at raw numbers, like who scored the touchdowns and who produced uh, yardage last year, that is concerning. But I do think that uh, um, that experience you talk of is a big deal. Man, yeah, so many new coaches that BYU will face this year. Advantage BYU in those regards. Our question of the day, BYU returns, as we pointed out, just 35% of the production from last season. How much of the team's success is based on that returning production. Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. Okay, here's a little bit of a dissenting opinion from ours, Blaine. At J underscore Royal 09 on Twitter says, A lot 
is based on the success of from returning production. I feel experience will trump talent most of the time, especially if players are led by seasoned veterans. Now there, there is an element to having a veteran in there and leading, but I feel like there are enough leaders remaining on the team to help elevate new faces, whether right. from the transfer portal or returning missionaries or whatnot. So I, I do, I do like the point that he says about seasoned veterans, those, those matter, but it's it, talent. Does experience always trump talent? I don't know if I agree with that statement. No, I think talent's the, <laughs> I think talent's the most important aspect of football. And then it's, sometimes it's young talent and you have to get it experienced quickly, sure. but I, I vote for talent. So yes. Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. All right, coming All right. up. Yep, Zach Wilson's fantasy stats. Predicted. Can you predicted believe, fantasy Can you believe stats. we're discussing that? Talk fantasy football with Zach Wilson. Yep. Holy cow. I'm drafting him. Plus, how is recruiting being impacted at BYU already by name, image, and likeness changes? BYU basketball assistant coach Chris Burgess up next on BYUSN. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group. Serving Utah since 1968. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Sports Nation has its own YouTube channel. Get all the interviews as well as BYU Sports Nation right now. Episodes by subscribing to and share the BYU Sports Nation um, on YouTube channels. We have our own YouTube channel. No. And what do you do? You just Google it. You do this. BYU Sports Nation. You just Google it. This is how you do it. <laughs> we are live Whenever in Whenever I say Google, I do this because that's how you Google. Uh, you're welcome, BYU Sports Nation, for that. <laughs> Courtesy of Blaine Fowler. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play alongside the former national champion. I am merely Spencer Linton. And joining us now over Zoom is BYU basketball assistant coach Chris Burgess to discuss transfer portal, name, image, likeness, the status of BYU basketball right now, and much more. Chris, great to have you back on the show. How are you? I'm doing great. Appreciate you guys having me on. Well, you're looking fresh. You're looking rested. Uh, I'm hoping that's a good sign that things are going well with recruiting and the offseason. season. What's yeah. the latest update with uh, the recruiting situation, BYU basketball? Well, it's been a, it's been a fun off season in the sense where things feeling back to normal, starting with camp, starting with uh, we were able to get back on the road um, with some uh, high school uh, recruiting the, the last two weeks, and then these next three weeks we're going to be able to get back on the road, um, looking at you know 2022s, 2023s, 2024s. Um, as far as recruiting, you know, kind of finishing and finalizing this roster. Um, you know, we're being super picky. We love, we love what we have right now. We really do. We like the pieces that, that are coming back. Um, and we like the, the couple pieces um, that, that we've added um, in, in Tijon. And, and then, you know, our return missionaries. Um, excited about Trey and Nate and, and those guys. And so, you know, we're being super picky with our last scholarship and, and want to <clears throat> find a, uh, a player um, that's obviously going to help us win, but also understand uh, what BYU is all about. Uh, what our locker room is all about and someone that can come in and, and kind of take us to the, to the next level. Because again, like, man, we just, we really like the roster we have right now. Well, you, you did get one from the transfer portal. Um, and you mentioned you're, you're looking for that, maybe that last piece. Um, is there a chance that, that you find another in the transfer portal here before it's all said and done? I think there is. Now we're actively recruiting um, a couple kids right now. Uh, I think there is. 
there, there there's a chance. Uh, it just depends on uh, you know a couple couple things. Um, but you know, if we add one more, it, it's going to be the right guy. Right. We're not going to just take someone to take someone to, to fill a last spot. That's not what we're going to do. We're going to take someone because it works. Um, they want to be here and we want them here. Um, you know, but there's also a chance that, you know, we leave it open to be honest with you. There, there's, there's, um, there's a couple things in play, but again, I'm going to go back to like, we're being super picky about it. We, we just are, we, we feel good with what we have. Chris Burgess, BYU basketball assistant coach on, on BYU sports nation. Okay. I mentioned name, image, and likeness. I know it's only been a week, but how do you see the NIL impact overall uh, affecting not just BYU basketball, but athletics at BYU specifically? This is, first of all, the NIL um, is something that, you know, I'm sure there's people who are for it, people who are against it, but just like anything with coaching and college sports, you have to adapt. You got to accept it. You got to learn and you got to be great at it. Right. You got to be great at uh, helping your players understand what the NIL is all about, educating them, right, educating them. And so our job the last kind of week, last couple of weeks, right, has been helping them have a plan. Right. And teaching our guys like the priority, prioritize the most important things. Right. When it comes to um, who you are and what you represent. And that's still academics. That's still basketball or athletics. Right. The student athlete is still a huge, important um, piece to this NIL. And then winning, right? Like people who um, want you to represent, um, use your name, image, likeness, they want people that, they want players that win and a part of a winning team. That's really important. So we're trying to educate our guys there. We're trying to help them learn how to be marketable, uh, how to be smart and use social media to, to build, uh, you know, build your brand, right? And, and to be consistent and be active and, and, and post the right things. And so we're, 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 we're constantly educating our guys. Um, but listen, like BYU, as everyone knows, like this Valley, right. It's the number one growing business economy in the state, in the, in the country. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there, so we're going to, we're going to utilize, our guys are going to, our players are going to utilize that to their advantage. Right. And, and, and we're, we're looking to get them to utilize that both on and off the court. And so, um, again, I say all that, but we want to make sure we keep the focus still on the student athlete and winning here at BYU. And if we do that, right, and if they do that, then good things will happen with this name, image, and likeness. You know, Chris, we, we were talking to Jimmer last week, and we said yeah. to Jimmer, can, can you imagine when you were here? And he could just he just <laughs> shook his head, and I think I saw a tear come out of his eye because he realized when you came out, and we all remember it well, you were a huge, huge name. Um, can you even wrap your head around what it would have been like for you to have this NIL uh, legislation in place when you were playing? Um, I, I'm telling you, I haven't, I haven't gone there. Uh, <laughs> But, but listen, I can talk about Jimmer because what he did for college basketball, BYU. I mean, I was actually playing at the time in Poland um, in a city called, uh, man, I was in Zielonogora, Poland. And my teammates who don't, they only follow his NBA, knew who Jimmer was and what wow. he was about. Wow. Right? Like he was that, he was, he was, he was that big. And so, um, but again, he represented BYU. He won. Right. He was a student first. He was an, a big time athlete and he did things the right way. So how marketable like he he would have been able to take advantage of the NIL. And that's what we're trying to educate our guys about. 
right? Like you have to do those things. And he did that to, I think you guys would all agree, right? He did that better than anybody, um, man, in the last you know, 10, 12, 15 years, right? He, he was such a great example of that. So I'd like to think that I was never, not in the realm of Jim and Burdett, but I'd like to think that um, <laughs> my team's always won, right? I was always part of, I mean, I was four, part of four championship teams and a national championship or national runner-up team, uh, two ACC championship teams. So I'd like to think that I represented myself in the right way and, and went about my business as a hard worker and, and kind of a role player on my teams and, and my teams won. So, you know, if I, I take care of those and I'm actually, we're preaching to our guys that that's how, that's how you get name image like this, uh, you know, in your pockets. I'd, I'd like to think that I would have made a little bit, but that's as far as my brain has gone. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I love, I love that you, you're teaching the, the guys that what goes into being marketable, right? And all those things that are really important to being a good person and a good a good player yeah. and contributing to university also are going to contribute to their success there. That's, that's a great angle for you guys to take. I, I appreciate that. So I wanted to ask you about a guy that I feel like embodies all of that you're talking about, Alex Barcelo. Maybe the yeah. best recruiting job you guys may have done to get him to come back. What was that conversation like with Alex, and, and what is this going to mean to this year's team to have him back as a leader? Well, the conversations with Alex um, was to – you know, there was some unfinished business, right, with, you know, how things ended. This, this, I mean, it was a great 2021 season for him uh, personally, but also for us collectively, right? And so the conversation was um, this, you know, this NIL might go through, you know, and there's an opportunity, you know, because, listen, Alex had the opportunity to go be a pro somewhere in the world, right, whether here in the States or, you know, overseas. or And so there was some money on the table. And, and so we were trying to educate him with, you know, what it might be potentially like with COVID still going on and, a pandemic in, in areas overseas where, you know, uh, let's face it, the vaccine isn't rolling out over there as it is here. Right. And so, you know, teams, teams understand overseas, understand COVID and they understand what to expect, but that doesn't mean, you know, their resources and the money and the financial situation is the same. And so the conversation was, Hey, listen, you are the face, you know, of BYU, right. We're a winning team, but you are the face of it. And um, people love winners. People love great ambassadors um, to this university. And he's going to have a huge opportunity um, you know, to represent us in, a, in in an era, right. That we've never seen before. And he, he really bought in there. And at the end of the day, like Alex loves this place. Like he loves this place. His sister is a freshman on the women's team. Like he loves this place. He loves, um, you know, his teammates. He loves the fans and he wasn't, you know, he wasn't embraced by the fans live last year because of lack of, uh, you know, we couldn't have anyone in the gym. Right. And so he wanted to run it back because he wanted to, do something we haven't done, which is win a WCC championship. Uh, and he wants to make a run in the NCAA. He wants to get back to the NCAA tournament. He wants to make a run. And all the NIL stuff is just kind of the cherry on top for him. But he came back to this place because he loves this place and he wants to win and he wants to go down, uh, you know, as a BYU great. And we feel like, you know, we have the opportunity to put him in that position with a good team, a really good team around him. Chris Burgess on BYU Sports Nation. It's no secret that – Mark Pope, you and the staff have had great success finding elite-level talent in the transfer portal, Alex Barcelo being one of those, Matt Harms, Brandon Averett, T. John Lucas looks the part. So what's the recruiting pitch to guys in the transfer portal, and how does it differentiate from your recruiting pitch to guys coming out of high school, or is it the same? Yeah, um, it's a little different because high school kids, let me tell you, the guys who transfer, whether after their first, second years, their priorities are different. They look at the college basketball in a different sense because they understand what's really important, right? They, they've done college basketball, right? Or two years. They've, 
they've been around the, they've been around the block. So the recruiting is like, we always still touch about winning. We, we always talk about winning, right? Coach Pope guys, he's, he's won. He won as a player. Everyone knows that he won a national championship, right? He won in the NBA. Um, he's done things, um, that people tell me couldn't do, which is played nine years in the league. Um, he, he's won as a coach. I was with him for four years at Utah Valley. We won there, right? And he's won his two years here at BYU. So we talk about winning. We talk about this locker room and how special it is and how when guys sacrifice for the greater good, right, and they put away their personal agendas, great things happen, right? And, 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 that's, and that's a battle, you know, players fight every single day. And when you add NIL, it's going to be a different battle every day. They're going to fight that. So we talk about our locker room. We talk about the resources we have here. Obviously, like our, the Merritt Center. I mean, come on, it's twenty thousand people. Our fan base, um, the you know how we travel and, and how we take care of our guys. Our non-conference schedule. Going to the Diamond Head this year, and you know we went to Maui two years ago. We were scheduled for the Bahamas last year, right? And you know we're going to play Pac-12 teams, and we're going to play you know uh, really good Mountain West teams. We're going to put together a big-time uh, non-conference schedule, and then the WCC sells itself. Like it has the number one team in the nation you know, for the second year in a row in the Zags, and you get an opportunity to play them two or three times. And St. Mary's and LMU's coming, and we sell how good this conference is and and, and how it's, you know, we, uh, we talk about BYU TV, right? We talk about that. We recruit a lot of international kids, right? They have families that are able to download this app um, and, and watch and watch it from their home or, 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 you know, stream it live or download it from the archive. We talk about that. And so, and of course, we, we, we talk about our fan base, uh, we talk about the Houston story. We beat them two years ago, how, you know, that place was sold out. And after we beat them with TJ Haas, his buzzer beater, we walk out of the locker room 15 minutes later and there's 500 BYU <laughs> fans in that arena, right? And from, from the, I think it was the BYU Texas alumni chapter. And we talk about that. We talk about how we go to LMU and we go to Pepperdine and we go to these places. And guess what? It's a home, it's a home game in terms of our fans, in terms of a color, you know, the Royal Blue or the Navy Blue out there. So those are things we touch on with everybody. Um, when we, we talk about being a pro, right, we have two pros on our coaching staff that played, you know, a total of 20 years between Coach Pope, nine years league, and myself, 11 years overseas. And we talk about, you know, Coach Robinson, the career he had, and Coach Figure, the coaches that he's coached under, Rick Majerus and Stu Morrow and Dave Rose, right? And so uh, we talk about all those things. And, of course, we talk about our players, right, the, the, the roster we have coming back and, and how, you know, we're, we, we think we're a top 25 team. And, you know, we're, but we're trying to get to the top 10 like we are. We're trying to get to the top 10 and we, and we want to get there. And so we talk about all those things. And, and you guys know better than anyone. Coach Pope's as good as it comes. And <laughs> taking all those things we talked about and, and, and putting in that kid in those parents' heads. And, and just high school kids just look at the game a little bit differently from a recruiting standpoint because they don't know what I didn't know what to expect as a 17-year-old kid. I didn't know it was important. You know, things prioritize what becomes important and less important change when you're Alex Barcelo, which is a, a, a junior in college as opposed to a senior in high school. Your priorities change. And so depending on what the kid's at, where he is in his life and how basketball is going for him, you know, we, 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 we recruit to uh, we cater to that. Right. We cater to that. But those main things always stay the same and consistent. Fantastic stuff. Your insight is always appreciated. For the record, both Blaine and I are ready to sign on the dotted line ready. right now. I'm coming. Just you know, give us the paperwork. We're ready to go. <laughs> so, and I think well, Spencer we'll check and I your amateurism. We'll check your amateurism with Chad. We'll get back to you. Where Spencer and I are missing, like you want top ten. 
you need these two right here. <laughs> this backcourt right here could get it done. So, no, we're, we're, we're excited and we're grateful you spent some time with us today. And, man, we've got the vision. You sold it to us. So uh, let's go out there and get one more. It sounds like you guys need one more to fill out this roster. We wish you the best of luck. Oh, we, pre- we appreciate it. And, again, thanks for having me on. One day we're get- I'm going to get back in the studio, let's though, go. so I can respond right. that flag. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Chris. Uh, thanks, you guys. BYU basketball assistant coach Chris Burgess on BYU Sports Nation. A lot of insight right yeah, there. Some good stuff right there. Yeah. So, Well, coming up, a Utah State champion joins us on the show. Plus, projected fantasy football stats for one Zach Wilson. Remember that guy? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Visible Supply Chain Management. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation. Alongside Blaine Fowler, I am Spencer Linton. You are watching Zach Wilson highlights during his final campaign at BYU. Makes you wonder what he's going to do in his initial campaign as a quarterback in the National Football League. And with that said, let's whip it! The Cougar Whip Around presented by Visible Supply Chain Management tackling America's most challenging shipping problems. Well, let's start with the scientist, uh-huh. DeChambeau. Bryson DeChambeau. Right. And the Jeopardy host, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers. They beat Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson in the match yesterday, right? So in a Fowler-Linton matchup, what non-golf BYU grade are you taking in a similar round? Who are you going to take? A non-golf yeah. BYU like, you, grade. You can't take Johnny Miller. Or Mike Weir. Weir. You can't take Weir's. No, you can't take yeah. any former BYU golfer that played on the tour. Yeah, I'm just thinking of guys right now that are straight-up scratch golfers and winners. Yes. I'm going with the silent assassin, your former teammate and roommate, Robbie Bosco. That dude can play golf. That's my teammate in a matchup like that. What about you? Robbie's awesome. Like, he is good. But if you're taking Robbie, I'm going with Michael Smith. Okay. Another scratch golfer. Not only can he fill it up on the basketball floor... Uh, but at 6'10", with his extra long clubs, like I, if I hold his clubs, they're up to my nose. Um, <laughs> but but Michael's a phenomenal golfer, and he's good under pressure. And if you're going to do this like the match type of a show, he's going to be great on the show. Yes. He's an epic smack talker, right? And, and Michael and I, we play off each other. Michael was born in Rochester, New York, not far from where I grew up. And, and he was born on the 19th of May. I'm born on the 20th of May. Okay. Like, you know, I've been buddies a long time. We just got way too much. He played quarterback in high school, really good quarterback, but chose to play basketball. I was the best basketball player in the country, but chose to play football. <laughs> so there's all that going on. Most importantly, great player and epic smack tucker. So I got Michael Smith. Most of what you just said was true. Yes. <laughs> ESPN projects Zach Wilson to have... A 62.9% completion percentage as a rookie quarterback with just over 3,800 yards passing, 19 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, and three rush touchdowns because we know he can use his feet to scramble around. Blaine, are those projected fantasy numbers too high, too low, or just right? My first gut feel on it was those. I'd take those. I think those are pretty good, and I think the Jets have surrounded with some good players. But but almost four thousand yards thrown. I I like it. I think I'd like to see the interceptions lower. But yes. I know the I know the reality of playing with the increase in speed and closing speed on the defensive side. So that's probably not out of the question. If anything, he's going to improve on that number and have lower interception number. But I like it. I'll take it right now. Yes. If Zach Wilson produces those numbers, oh the, yeah, the Jets are going to win like seven games, and everybody's going to be pumped about yes. their draft pick. They would go from two wins 
to seven. And forget about NIL. He's going to make a lot of money in endorsements in New York City. I feel like most of those are just right. I'm I'm all good with it. So, well, coming up. Jerem's 10 and 10 on mascots. Of course. On mascots. We're ranking mascots. And another champion joins the show. What we do, we host champions. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us Friday at noon Eastern for a BYU Sports Nation special BYU All-Decade Hoops team. Join us as we look back at the best players of the last 10 years for BYU. Watch Friday at noon Eastern on BYU TV and BYU Radio. You can't watch on BYU Radio, but you could certainly listen. You can listen to it, for sure. And if you figured out how to watch on BYU Radio, well, please you... let us know because we want to get the word out. Yes, you're at the doorstep of uh, billions of dollars. Yes, we want to know how you did that. <laughs> Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation Live in Studio B. Joining us now is, as promised, another champion, Utah State amateur champion on the golf course specifically, and BYU freshman Leela Naliai, who is a budding star. Leela, welcome to BYU Sports Nation and uh, your debut here. How are you? I'm good. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Appreciate hey, it. You bet. Thanks for hanging out with us. Okay. Uh, we want to wish you congratulations on all of your recent success because it's been eye-popping for sure. But I just can't get past the fact that you win dramatically in these high-pressure situations. What's going oh, through yeah. your mind when you're standing over these 10- to 12-foot putts? You know you got to make them if you're going to you know, win this championship thing. So how, how do you handle that mentally? Mentally? um, you know, I, I just try to go out there, do my own thing. Um, you know, with this being a big tournament, um, one thing that I try to do is not think about how big or how small a tournament is. I think sometimes that gets that gets in the head of a lot of golfers. And um, I'll for sure say that in the beginning of, of the finals when I was playing against Berlin, um, I was a little nervous, uh, probably all the way up until the 16th hole. So uh, mentally, I just had to make sure that I was – um, just playing my own game, staying strong, and uh, just finishing off, you know, just just good. So, you know, I like to put a little drama in my game, and I think that's what I did. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So in that matchup, you had another battle with Berlin Long. You guys have a history of, of playing in big matches against one another. This thing comes right down to the wire. It, it's coming down to the 18th hole. What, what are you thinking as you step up to that 18th tee, knowing that you got to make up – uh, make up a, a, a point on that last hole. Oh yeah. So, um, you know, I knew that I was, I was dormy. I was, I was two down with two more to go. So I'll start with 17, uh, 17 was part five. Um, and I knew that it was, a it was going to be a good one. I th- I thought, you know, in my head, I, I could get at least a birdie on that hole. And just cause I'm, I'm super long. So I only had, you know, about one, one seventy into the hole. I hit seven iron just a little bit too hard and went over. So, um, you know, I flopped it back, back onto the green and, and barely missed it short. Uh, Berlin had a chance to birdie too, but she missed her, her opportunity as well. So, uh, we're coming up to, to hole 17, uh, or holes. Yeah. Se- or was it? So that was 16. Sorry. 16 was a par five and then 17 was a par four. Uh, you know, I, I knew I didn't want to, I, I didn't want to leave the course. Not, not just yet. So, uh, smacked my driver right down the middle of the fairway, uh, hit it close on and, and birdied that hole for, for 17 going into 18 uh hit it right uh right into the trees um wasn't expecting to go there but uh, lucky enough I had a little gap in between these two big trees I just had to carry the bunker 
So, uh, you know, barely got it over the bunker, made par, and Berlin made bogey. So, uh, forced to, to hold number 19. So, holy cow. So Leela Naliai with us on BYU Sports Station, freshman golfer and the Utah State women's amateur champion. Yes, you do hit the golf ball a long way. In fact, Leela, how far do you typically drive the golf ball off the tee? You know, I, I always say 280 to 90, but, you know, sometimes I'll get lucky enough to go go over 300. So, <laughs> And it doesn't make a big difference when you're at sea level versus up because I always tell everybody since I grew up in New York, it's like I'm playing at sea level all the time. That's why I don't hit it that far here. <laughs> but but yeah, how, yeah. Much, how much of a difference does that make when you're playing up here in the mountains versus if you're down on the coast? Um, it, makes, it makes a little different uh, difference for me. I just got back from California just just yesterday, and um, I was playing down in there. And I just want to shout out Kirsten, Kirsten Fotu, and Alicia May. They qualified for the U.S. Women's Am. Uh, so congrats to them. Go Cougs. Uh, we're doing doing pretty good as a team uh, out on our own. But uh, yeah, so sea level it, it makes you know a little difference. Um, I think once I get kind of closer to the hole with my wedges, it doesn't uh, affect my game too much. So. Okay, let's talk about your teammates and the BYU women's golf program as a whole right now. Of course, yourself doing great things. You just mentioned Alicia May Mateo, Kirsten Foto, who qualified for the U.S. Women's Am. What is the status of BYU women's golf right now, and what type of dream or goal are you chasing as a collective bunch? Oh, yeah. So so after the West Coast Conference out at uh, Reflection Bay, uh, if any of you guys don't know, uh, we were we were leading – for the first and second day. And then we came down to the third day and, uh, you know, couldn't finish it off. And I think that kind of lit a spark in, in each and every one of us. Cause we came out uh, here for the summer and, you know, I think we all just had a mentality for uh, just, you know, we're going to do our the best we can work on our game. And um, I think it's showing, you know, we're winning tournaments and doing good and, and all of the tournaments that we're uh, signing up for. So, you know, it's just great to see that all of us are having our own individual success, success for, you know, just for our own game. And, you know, it's awesome to see. And, you know, I, I thank Coach Coach Carey and Coach Leah uh, for, for helping us out. So, you know, it's it's just a great experience. So fun to watch a new budding power in the West Coast Conference and in an area where there's snow on the ground three to four months a year. Pretty cool to watch that. Leela, congratulations again on uh, your recent Utah State Amateur Championship. And we wish you the best of luck pushing forward. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks. Appreciate it. See you guys. You got it. Leela Naliai with us on BYU Sports Nation. Humble, consistent, steady. Focused. In the trees on the right on 18. Got to carry the bunker. One one down. Has to carry the bunker. (laughs) And and she she gets it done. That's awesome stuff. So coming up, our rise and shouts. And Jerem's 10 and 10. Mascots. Because that's what we do. We rank mascots. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. BYU Sports Nation, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Or download the podcast. You just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. And don't forget, you got to subscribe, rate, and review the show. It is time now for our next 10 in 10, courtesy of Jerem Jordan, presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. He is ranking the top 10 mascots 
that BYU's football team will match up against in 2021? Here we go. Ten lists in ten weeks. It's Jeremy. Ten and ten. Among the not listed, Benny the Bengal from Idaho State and Rocky the Bull from South Florida. Sorry. Number ten, Butch T. Cougar, Washington State. This is Cosmo's weird-looking cousin that you only see at a family reunion against your will in the middle of nowhere, like Pullman. A real cougar cub was brought in in 1927, by the way. He is named after Butch Meeker, a star in the 1920s for Washington State. Butch was the 2006 Capital One mascot of the year. I don't know how or why. Number nine, Gus the Bald Eagle, Georgia Southern. It's unknown if Gus is endangered. In 1974, Pam Hagen was paid 50 bucks for the right to use her sketch of an eagle as an advertisement for the university. Quick facts listed for Gus include his favorite snacks, which are fish, peanuts, and birdseed. And he likes skydiving, fishing, cliff diving, and long flights on the beach. Number eight, Wilbur and Wilma Wildcat, Arizona. At least they have each other, right? Live Wildcat mascots were used from 1915 to the 1950s. The human costumed versions debuted in 1959. Wilma first appeared in 1986. They were married eight months later. So were they engaged? Number seven, Swoop, Utah. It's a newer mascot introduced in 1996. That year, BYU beat Utah 37-17, by the way. Swoop is a red-tailed hawk reflecting the soaring spirit of state and school. Utah received permission from the Ute tribe, of course. Number six, Big Blue, Utah State. Not to be confused with our high-definition production truck, Big Blue was a real white bull painted blue originally. The bull did damage to the football field, so a real bull was discontinued. On the basketball court, they gave it red rubber boots so it wouldn't scuff it up. In 1987, Utah State spent $750 on a costume mascot. It was royal blue, not navy like they were using, had real animal horns, and was hard to move around. They retooled it in 1989 when a student pestered the cheerleading advisor to let him be the mascot. No word on if that student was our producer, Ben Bagley. Number five, Bruiser and Marigold, Baylor. A real bear mascot was used in the 1920s. The names are Joy and Lady, named after wives of previous presidents of the schools. They live on the Baylor Bear Habitat, their biological sisters. They do have costumed ones called Bruiser and Marigold. The origin is unknown, and luckily, they don't have the real bears at the field. Number four, Buster Bronco, Boise State. Listed here on Name Alone, Boise Junior College students picked Broncos because it represented the wild horses that roamed the Owyhee. In 1935, students constructed paper and wooden Broncos nicknamed Elmer. That's just mean. In 1965, a live horse would run a lap around the field after each Boise State score. Today, a horse helps lead the team out of the tunnel with Bronco Girl. The first costume mascot appeared in 1974. In the 90s, the cheerleaders introduced a female Bronco. Western Michigan also calls its mascot Buster Bronco, by the way. Not confusing at all. Number three, Sparky the Sun Devil. Sun Devils is the third mascot in Arizona State history. Originally the Owls, then the Bulldogs. That changed in 1946 thanks to Disney illustrator Burt Anthony, who created Sparky, a devil holding a trident. Number two, Cabman, Virginia. In 1963, the university used a bare-faced horseback rider in cavalier garb. The costume version debuted in 1984. A cavalier on horseback still leads the team onto the field at the beginning of home games. The description of Cabman is great. He has a mustached and wearing boots, widely cuffed pants, a jacket and long gloves, and a feather stuck in his wide-brimmed hat. His saber is draw. 
Today he has, quote, a more sculpted, cartoonish face, and it looks like he's been hitting the gym, end quote. Number one, Traveler, USC. That's the name of the horse that runs out onto the field before the game. And if you're a real animal, you shoot up in these rankings to the top of the list. The current one is Traveler 9, the rider's unnamed, a Trojan warrior. First introduced in 1961 during a football game. The warrior rider, the warrior rider wears a costume worn by Charlton Heston in Ben-Hur. That's fun. Traveler and the warrior ride out onto the field right before the game. I can't wait to see this at the end of November. And those are the top 10 mascots. BYU will play and see this is. <laughs> Thank you, Jerem Jordan. 10 and 10. The mascots that BYU will match up against. How about Traveler the horse, Blaine? I'm, I'm pretty pumped about that. And he didn't, did he put the height and weight for the horse? I didn't see the height. Because one of the mascots was eight feet and 200 pounds, as I respected. <laughs> but I, I actually am excited to see that, too. Like that, the live horse at halftime, and the horse is definitely over 1,000 pounds. So I think it, it, in weight and the fact that it's a real mascot How is pretty cool awesome. is it that the uniform that the rider wears is from Charlton Heston and Ben-Hur? It's awesome. I think it's awesome. So. <laughs> it's fantastic stuff. Nice work, Jeremy. Okay, our question of the day. Uh, we're obviously wondering what BYU is going to do against USC, last game of the season. Uh, and the production numbers don't look good for BYU returning from last season, 35%. So how much of the team's success is based on that returning production? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mount to resort from Matt Twiggy or Stone. He says, in some positions like running back, it'll make a big difference. For most of the positions, I think BYU will have the players to make up for the missing production. Which is kind of long uh, lines what, what you were what saying. That's what we were saying. I agree with that. I agree with it. Okay. So. Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America Credit Union, guiding you forward. I want to give one to Big Kyrus Tonga. It's his birthday week, Blaine. If I was on a show yesterday, I would have made sure we remembered it on the day. Big That's a big man. Kyrus. And uh, how about a barbecue joint in Arkansas with NIL sponsoring the entire Razorbacks offensive line? Love it. That's what NIL was built for. That's what the for. hogs are about, right? Those are the hogs up front. <laughs> Our thanks to today's guests, Chris Burgess and Leela Naliai. And sorry to Dennis Pitta. Again, we ran out of time. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN. For Blaine, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Bob Jensen. We'll see you tomorrow on BYUSN. Go Cougs.